When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's May the 10th. It's Fightful Overbooked, and it's time to get in the weeds. I am at Joel Pearl, and of course, I'm back. Uh, here. Don't remind me that you're back, Joel. I've already got to look at you. Like, I got to hear you. You're just all giddy. I'm back. Oh, look at me, Joel Pearl. You miss me? Annoying. Did you miss me? Come on. There's a little bit of you that missed me. Come on. No, I thought I fired you. I I go to Sean and I'm like, can we fire Joel Pearl? And he's like, yes. I'm like, great. And then you're not here on Friday. You're not here on Monday. I'm like, great. He It actually worked this time. And then here I am sitting backstage ready to do the show today. And then you show up. And I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm here to do the show. I just had off Monday and Friday. I'm like, no, you got fired. And you're like, no, I just took a couple of days off to like travel and stuff. I'm not fired. And so I've sent Sean a message. I was like, I thought Joel Pearl got fired. And Sean said, well, we had to bring him back to fill our Canadian quota. And I'm like, this is nonsense i was gonna curse but it's two minutes into the show i didn't want to uh you have to do any edits i was like this is nonsense sean he's like i'm sorry take it up with jimmy van and i'm scared of jimmy van because he he'll fire me so i'm i guess i just gotta put up with you some more also like jimmy and i were kind of boys you know you canadians stick together like Bless you. You 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 stick together. You can't win a Stanley Cup together, but you can be on these shows together. Fine. We, it's not like the Ducks won the the number one pick in the draft, so that doesn't matter. I don't know. Oh, that's sitting, rigged. It's I all rigged, rigged, Joel. Thank you. Oh my. Okay. This is one thing that I'm glad you and I can actually sit here and agree upon. I'm sitting with my family. We're eating dinner. It's our last night in Calgary, and uh, yeah, I, we're watching the uh, the the draft lottery. And I'm like, oh, the Ducks are actually in contention. And then I look over and I'm like, oh, so is Chicago. Yeah, they love that market. They want that market to thrive again. So they are absolutely going to gift the number one pick to the Chicago Blackhawks. Lo and behold, Jeremy Lambert, Chicago Blackhawks will pick number one in the NHL draft this year. You know, covering up sexual misconduct, um, 
gets you far in life, apparently. <laughs> and in the first three minutes, Joel then had to edit that entire comment <laughs> out of the video. I'm not going to, let's face it. Anyway, we're here. It's 10 a.m. I am happy to be back. Big, big, big thank you to SP3 for uh, coming in and joining the show for the last couple of days. Uh, he he did a wonderful job with Jeremy, and I, I always appreciate it when SP3 is around. And, of course, if you want more SP3 and Jeremy, you can go watch FMC every single Tuesday here on Overbooked. Uh, and uh, let's uh, let's talk. We got Jeremy. We've, we've got two hours, as always. We've got Marty Garner, who you might know as Champagne. That's first name Sham, last name Payne. He's going to join us at 1030. Uh, for those who don't know, he was one of the referees involved with AEW's Firm Deletion that was airing this past Friday on Rampage. So that's going to be fun. We're going to talk to him about that. And uh, the most famous pedigree in the world. We're going to talk to, to, to Marty about that too. And at 11.15 a.m., Vinny Pacifico is here. Jeremy Lambert's best friend in the whole wide world. True. <laughs> He, he he keeps showing up, and you know what? He's always fun when he does. Uh, Vinny's going to talk to us about a, a lot of stuff. I have questions about soda that I want to ask Vinny because he's a big soda guy, and I know he's got he's got Bang, that energy drink that he's uh, part of the endorsement of. So we're going to talk to Vinny, Vinny Pacifico at 11.15 a.m. This is all Eastern time right now. It's 10.05. Jeremy, I know you missed me. I know you were just chopping at the bit for my my backlash takes. I don't want to take too long. I do. I do want to wrap up backlash real quick. If you'll let me, please don't tell me how I feel that I missed you. I did not. Please let the record show. I did not miss Joel Pearl, but if you would like to give your lukewarm backlash takes, go for it. They are lukewarm because by now here we are Wednesday <laughs> the 10th and the show was last this past Saturday. No, I, I really gotta say, I, I really enjoy the show. Uh, I got a chance to finally watch it yesterday when I, uh, as I say, bremoted my way through the wrestling that I missed. Uh, if you know, you know. Man, that... So the, the opening match of the Sky and Bianca Belair was fantastic. I'm not going to go any B for B. We're not a, we're not a recap show, but I do just want to say that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of really fun stuff in this show. The Bad Bunny match you guys talked about on uh, on Monday, that was such a fun show, such a fun match. And uh, listen, I called it overbooked nonsense, but in the best imaginable way. And Bad Bunny really took to this. I, I spent a little time thinking about Jeremy and, you know, there are a lot of celebrities that come in. Some have longer-term deals with WWE. Some just come in and do a, a one-shot. Uh, one thing that Bad Bunny's really good at, other than just selling, is making you believe that he's there to be in the WWE quote-unquote universe. And other people like you know Logan Paul, this isn't a knock on him because he's had great matches. Uh, Logan kind of comes in and it's like he's promoting Logan Paul. What did you think about uh, like Bad Bunny in the WWE world versus, you know, what we normally see from the celebrities. That's a good point. I never like fully thought about that of, yeah, Bad Bunny comes in there and it just feels like he's part of the show. Even though he's the most streamed artist in the world is, Hey, Bad Bunny's here. He's going to take part in the street fight. He's going to do this. And Logan Paul, yeah, he comes in and talks a lot about Logan Paul and how much, like how how Logan Paul he is, uh, how how all these things he's done and, and things like that. That's a good point, Joel. Oh, you you added something to the show. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why we're here. Uh, yeah, but he he did a great job. He sold his ass off. It was a fun match. Um, Savio, Ve by the way, Savio Vega showing up. 
not just behind, uh, like in the backstager, but then on camera in the arena and watching Finn Balor, who's maybe what, 15 years younger than him, being like, oh, this guy, this old man. And I'm like, this would have been funnier if Dom was the guy saying this old man. But I guess there's there's an element of just pure comedy to Finn Balor and Savio Vega. Vega, who like just did shots for MLW last year, uh, or at least two years ago, as far as I remember. He, he's been an active wrestler, but huge in Puerto Rico. And uh, just a really, a really fun moment, a really great match for Bad Bunny and for Damian Priest. Everyone looked good coming out of it. You know, that was just what it was. Uh, Zelina Vega getting a huge, huge pop and getting a huge uh, opportunity coming out in the Puerto Rican flag, having her having her folks there, having her family there. That was really great. Uh, and then and then really the only the only last thing I really want to touch on is the main event. I saw a lot of people, Jeremy, talking about, oh no, oh was Brock supposed to bleed? Oh was this an accident? And and of course Fightful Select we reported that, that it was supposed to happen this way. And in my brain it was always, yeah, of course Brock was going to bleed. You're in Puerto Rico. This is like you're in the world of like the most blood you can give in a in a major market. People bleed in a Puerto like you're Puerto Rico is known for Bruiser Brody having the most like disgusting matches. Why wouldn't you pay homage to that? So to me, Cody and Brock probably went out and said we have to do a classic heavyweight bout and do something that included blood. Uh, main event. I get why people are saying no, and I know that Adrian Hernandez, you had him on uh, talking about his experience at the show. Uh, so, so that notwithstanding, uh, I just, I just want to get your thoughts. Did you think that blood was inevitable for that match, or do you think that maybe uh, people were really quick to just jump to the conclusion that it was uh, accidental? What do you think? I, I thought that maybe someone would bleed. Cody likes to bleed regardless, and it, it makes sense that if Brock busted up Cody – you, you could work that into the match. Um, I didn't fully think Brock was going to bleed. When it happened, they did a great job of making it look like it was an accident because Brock goes, gashed himself right on the, the turnbuckle. The camera stayed on him. So there was no time of him like, all right, let me fool around here and do all this. Like that was a straight up gash on his uh, forehead there. I didn't think it was accidental though because Brock's smart enough to take that corner bump there and if he didn't want to bust himself open on it he wasn't going to bust himself open so I thought it might have been a thing of Brock's just going to do this who's going to tell him no when he gets backstage like who's going to say like hey can't do that but the fact that you know they didn't like stop the match they showed the replays and everything you know they like to cover that stuff up when it when it happens the fact that it just like continued in the way it continued maybe like okay they were probably planning to do this or again brock's just gonna do it and nobody's gonna be like hey let's stop the match because then brock's just gonna go ape on them too and we don't need that so let's just go let's just let it continue let brock do what he wants we'll we'll apologize later to, to everybody brock ain't gonna apologize to anybody and we'll continue on and they showed something that they almost never show on TV, and that is after the match, after Cody's left, Brock's got the towel and he's kind of mopping himself up just to finish the show. Uh, and they don't normally do that. They don't normally show the the blood coming off of the face. It was a, a really powerful visual. And again, it, it just harkened back to old school Puerto Rican 
main event wrestling. So uh, for me, it felt like it was it was always the plan. It was always there, but uh, it certainly told the tale the next night on Raw. I mean, let's let's quickly let's talk about it. Uh, Brock Cody two. They're going to be doing that most likely the night champions in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it feels like they're still doing the John Cena and the rock story. This John Cena redemption story from 10 years ago. They didn't do two matches with Brock, but uh, they certainly had a similar finish where John Cena overcame Brock after WrestleMania. And now Cody after losing at WrestleMania, similarly to John Cena goes over Brock in a bit of a fluke, and now we're going to do it again. Uh, what are your thoughts doing this match in Saudi Arabia? I mean, it feels like it's kind of there, but it's got to have some implications, right? You figured Brock and Cody were going to be part of the Saudi shows because they're two big stars. They command a lot of money, so why wouldn't they be part of it? After the way it finished on Saturday at Backlash, um, you know, it makes sense that, that Brock would want that rematch because – Cody pinned him off of the Kimura, which is a good finish. I'm not saying like I disliked the the finish of it. I don't think Cody like running away afterwards was the best thing in the world. I kind of just wish like he got the pin and then Brock just whooped his ass some more. And then like, oh, geez, Brock is just so mad that he got caught like that. He's just going to continue to beat up Cody. I think that would have been a little bit better. Cody running away, like, ah, I got one. Let me get out of here. And then that being it, it's like, oh, okay, cool, Cody. Stick around. Take, take, fight like a man. Take that ass whooping like a man, Cody. Um, but it makes sense that they're going to do a rematch in Saudi Arabia. But it feels like Brock wins that. I don't know if Brock's losing too straight. And then you set up a third match in a cage, in a cell, potentially. I mean, that's huge for London if you do that in the UK for Money in the Bank. It takes both of those men out of the Money in the Bank match. I can tell you now, I don't think Cody Rhodes is winning Money in the Bank. I have another name in mind we could talk about in a minute, but uh, that's that's kind of where my brain is. Yeah, you do a big, you do Hell in a Cell or you do a big cage match. I don't think you do, maybe not Hell in a Cell because we just did Cody and Seth. Granted, like that was, you know, yeah, that was last year, year ago. It was yeah. a year ago, but the annual Hell in a Cell Cody match. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. They just did Hell in a Cell with Finn and Edge, yeah. which existed and was certainly a, a Hell in a Cell match. Um, you know, do a fight pit. Get Cody in the fight pit. He's got the amateur wrestling background. Get him in there. I don't hate it. Someone, someone on Twitter had mentioned doing it in a fight pit, and I was like, and I wasn't watching Raw live at the moment. I was like, are they actually doing that? And then, of course, no. They, they haven't announced that as the plan. But I'm sitting there like, maybe. But I don't know. I don't know how you do it. And I don't know how you level it up. Because it feels like that's a match where, I don't know. They they brought in DC. They run Daniel Cormier last time. and That didn't really work so well. But uh, DC and, and Brock have a history. So, you know, you could do something with that. But I, I don't think to bring them back. Here's what you do, Joel. You mentioned leveling it up. You just say, we're going to level it up. You say it a hundred times. We're going to level up the fight pit. We're all about leveling this thing up. You think this is just the fight pit? It's the international fight pit because it's in London. So you call it the international fight pit. You say level up a million times and then that's it. It's leveled up because you've added international to it. And you surround it with double-decker buses. 
that's how you that's again just like all in but this is how you do it you everything has double decker buses if you're in london that's just the way it goes they should do the parking lot brawl with the double decker buses who did eddie and cena when they fought in the the parking lot i of course is the the big one in aw with best friends santana ortiz but eddie and cena is the last one i remember on WWE. the nxt they did one with uh someone who is no longer named and adam cole baby oh right right yeah it wasn't very liked that yeah yeah it wasn't very from my memory i don't remember that at all wcw did the junkyard match yeah. which ruled that was so and like everybody got injured which unfortunately but that was so absurd when they did that they went to like an actual junkyard to do this nonsense uh i see that uh chad's talking about nxt level up and ryan lambert saying surround it with nxt talent that are on level up that's how you level it up everyone wins right no that's called uh raw underground when you surround it with talent that no one has heard of just sitting there banging the mat and everything. I don't want to say no one has heard of, but who hasn't been on TV in a prominent role or anything. Uh, and they're banging it the mat. Us. Yeah, it did. It, did. it gave us Dabo K to rip dicks. And then they, you know, unfortunately did what they did with him. Turned him into, is he on TV again? He came back for like a, the NXT match. And then I don't know if he's been back on TV. Since I haven't seen him unless he was on last night's NXT. I I haven't watched it yet. I, I'm a, I'm a little bit behind. No, but, I actually uh, watched NXT last night and he was not there. There you go. Either way, that's uh, that's what you want. That's they're what bringing back Raw Underground just to have Dabo Kato rip dicks again. The Dick Ripper is such a good like gimmick too. Dick Rip Jones over here. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens if he Dabo, goes over? Dabo the Dick Ripper. I still call him Yabba Dabba Kato because that's the only way I could get him over. That's the way Jeff Hawkins in the chat saying Commander as is. <laughs> Why is Jeff Hawkins in the chat? Doesn't he have better things to do than watch this show? Jeff no, Hawkins is like a professional and he's here like watching this. Jeff, come on. We're very famously in the background of a lot of people's work days because of the time yeah. on which we do our show. You know how many times I go to DM or a message me and like, oh, I listen to you guys while I'm at work or in the background. And I'm just like, yeah, no, we're just white noise, literally figuratively just talking you through your day. So there you go. By the way, uh, someone someone asked uh, Sean in his, in his uh, select Q&A about putting us on the main channel. And uh, oh. that was a very, first of all, I, I, want, I don't know who asked the question, but I do want to say, Thank you very much for complimenting the work that Jeremy and I do. Um, mostly Jeremy, let's be frank. But uh, I guess his name's Jeremy, not Frank. But anyway, the uh, it was very, very kind words. And uh, we really, really love being here on Overbooked. Keep telling your friends to come and join us here on Overbooked. Because the main channel is great. And there's a lot of really good content there. But there's also really, really strong content here on Overbooked. And we get to bring in the weeds too overbooked and and enjoy uh the fruits of our labor over here so so thank you for the kind words and uh and sean also put us over which is a rarity so uh that's that's always nice but uh come and join us here on overbooked and if you want to donate a super chat and support us financially you can do that as well just the bottom of your screen on youtube.com slash overbooked any amount get your question or statement right on the air and leave us a thumbs up that's free come on Get on it. Have fun with it. Yeah, get those big old thumbs up in the air. Let's go. Uh, so Raw, we have the World Heavyweight Championship finalist coming in. It's Seth Rollins. First of all, 
why, I know you guys probably talked about this on, on Monday. Why, why a SmackDown contingent? Oh, we didn't have a, a great reason for it. You know, SP3, he doesn't like Triple H's booking Fair. anyway. And like, I'm not the biggest fan of it currently. It's just, you know, it's a title to battle over. We, we talked about how if I'm SmackDown, so let's say Edge wins the title. Let's say Edge, does he just, he's on Raw now. So SmackDown just wasted their pick on Edge. Fox should not be happy about that. There should be some sort of trade worked out if a SmackDown person does this. And then it makes a little bit more sense if you make a trade out of it. But yeah, there, there's no great reason for this. They're just, they're just in it. Joel, what do you want me to say? I get it. When I saw it, I was like, what are we doing here? But then I started to think about it, Jeremy. And I saw the field. Part of me thinks that, remember a little while back, we talked about how Roman Reigns and Sheamus never renewed their rivalry. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns is coming back this Friday night on SmackDown. He's being promoted. Um, what if Roman's going to say, LOL, this is a farce title, and I am going to beat the tar out of anyone who wins it. And what if Sheamus is the shock victor? What if Sheamus goes to the end, wins the title, and then we just, again, we made the joke, the the meme that someone posted being like 2023, they introduce a new world championship. By the end of that year, Roman Reigns has it. 2024, they do it again. Same thing. 2020, same thing. What if this title really is just a giant red herring and we're just back to square one? Does it lose uh does it lose credibility? Well, the title loses credibility, but does it, does the, the booking lose faith amongst the fans? And is it just a giant waste of time? This would honestly be a tremendous bit. If they <laughs> introduce this title just to get another belt on Roman Reigns, I would respect that booking. Honestly, I would respect it. I've called Triple H a coward for his booking uh, a lot recently because I do think he's done some cowardly things with his booking. If he just introduced this title just to put a third belt on Reigns, that's not cowardly booking. That is fantastic bit booking, and I would love it. It's cowardly booking to introduce the title and then, okay, now we got a champion on Raw. Here's Seth Rollins and... He's just going to continue on and defend this title because we need a title because we have no idea how to get the belts off of Roman Reigns and we're too scared to pull the trigger on a Roman Reigns title loss. That's cowardly booking. If you just put a third title on Roman Reigns, I'll applaud. I'll send him a fruit basket myself. I'll, I'll do it. Get it. Get it ready. Get the fruit basket. Whatever Triple H is into, we'll wants- send it. It's a meat basket. He doesn't want the fruit sure. basket. He very famously said, thank you for the fruit basket, but I wish it was a meat basket. So okay, we'll send him the meat basket. We'll send him two. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there is a certain feeling that you you could go that route. And again, it's this all started with Triple H coming out and being like, LOL, this guy sucks, so we're going to – or this guy he doesn't suck. He's basically said, LOL, this guy doesn't come around to work anymore, so – because he sucks so bad in kayfabe, we're we're making a new title. We're gonna make a new title, and Roman should come out and be like, "I heard what you said. I'm pissed. You think I suck? Well, I'm gonna take that title and I'm gonna go away with it." And that kind of adds it, it, it buys a little bit of time, 
and it allows for a little bit more, yeah, a little bit of gauntlet, you know, uh, infinity gauntlet Roman Reigns. He doesn't have to drop that World Heavyweight Championship, but it's a little obsessive for him. It's a new thing for him to obsess about. But uh, if that's what they do, honestly, yeah, respect. And then you do the match. You do the match at Money in the Bank, and uh, it's Sheamus versus uh, Roman Reigns. And then you have the Money in the Bank match. Jeremy, I think I might know who's going to win the Money in the Bank, and it might upset a lot of people. I think we're finally, I think we're finally looking at Bro in the Bank this year. Oh boy, they're beating that ass so bad that it's almost, it's almost inevitability at this point. And inevitability, I have to enunciate that Matt Riddle walks out with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Unless there's another name, Drew McIntyre is another one. If he comes back, turns heel, does it in the UK, that's a huge move. But if you keep beating Riddle this badly, I have to start thinking you're about to give him a major uh, accolade, and that's money in the bank. What do you think? I think this idea is awful. Uh, As is tradition. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to process it because Riddle, I don't have a clear money in the bank winner just yet. I it makes sense because typically when they do these money in the banks, uh, they do beat the guy a lot. And then it's like, oh, well, here's your money in the bank. Like, doesn't matter that you lost a lot. And then when he wins money in the bank, they still beat him. It's like, well, don't worry. He's money in the bank. So he's going to win the world title after losing all these matches because he's going to cash in. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's <sighs> we got a ways to go before that let's let's see how it plays out let's let it play out until then i think uh maybe maybe we're ready Uh, our first guest is about to arrive uh do you want to you want to give a little introduction as we uh, as we get ready for this no you're the intro man you introduce him joel pearl what do Do i I pay you for well they pay me yeah i guess they do pay me i that's that's a bit we're gonna drop uh ladies and gentlemen fresh off of his very firm deletion appearance First name, Sham. Last name, Payne. A man you should know. Marty Garner joins us on the show. I hope he's here. I hope his his, his thing may have just crashed. Oh, my goodness. There he is. He's Hello, the, so how are you? Oh, and he's oh, gone again. Because he was he's got the North up. Carolina internet like me. Oh, he's awful. That good stuff. Wow. So there awful. you go. I blew the load. That's how we started. This is <laughs> really a great start to our show. Uh, I can listen until he's back, and then Jeremy's going to do the actual intro, because it only works when you do it, by the way. It only works when you do the intro. I guess. Because otherwise, when I do it, people just kind of leave, and they're like, who the hell was that guy? This is what <laughs> a I fair response, honestly. A very I fair response. I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, yeah, he took one look at me. He ran. I get it. <laughs> Saw the beard. He's like, "Oh my god, that's that's a gray beard." And I'm like, "Oh, I, I tried." Anyway, uh, while we're waiting for Marty, Marty, um, let's uh, let's wrap up that that Money in the Bank conversation. Any opportunity you think of Drew McIntyre coming back, and that's the uh, that's the lead in to bring him back to the forefront. Why, why is he turning heel? Why you mentioned a heel turn? What him winning Money in the Banks can get the biggest reaction of, of the night. So two reasons why. One gotten a little bit stale the the way that he was booked lately hasn't been very effective in my opinion he's taken a lot of time off um of course there's there's some injury and some rehabbing involved that's fine but um yeah there's a bit of that and then on top of it 
historically, Money in the Bank is a opportunity for a heel to call their shot and win. Now, again, this is there goes back to if let's say Seth Rollins wins the World Heavyweight Championship and this is a legitimate championship, then Drew, who is a Raw wrestler, can take it off of Seth and cash in as early as that night. And that's easy peasy. That's good heat. And now we've cemented Drew McIntyre as the guy on the other edge of the fence. And uh, yeah, that, that's a, a big opportunity for him. That's kind of where my brain's at. Do you agree? Disagree? Would you do it differently? What do you think? I'm all for a Drew McIntyre heel turn because I do think he needs to be freshened up in, a, in that sense. Like he's just kind of basically since since the pandemic, pre-pandemic, when he like got on his big baby face run, it's kind of been the same Drew McIntyre throughout all of that. He lost momentum throughout the pandemic. Not his fault. No crowds. You can only do thumbs up, thumbs down, get a reaction. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Too many times in the, the Thunderdome era. So not, not his fault at all. And then coming out of the pandemic, they cooled him down because they thought it was Everyone thought he was going to win the title from Lashley. Didn't do it. It's kind of filtered through various feuds. I've, I don't even remember how he feuded with Corbin, which doesn't typically go well for, for anybody coming out of it. The cross thing was existed. Another thing that just kind of existed. The, the stuff with Sheamus was good. I actually thought they could have got more mileage out of that with them as like a tag team. Um you know, when he was interspersed with the Bloodbond stuff, that was Bloodbond was really firing then going into Clash of the Castle. Took took the hit at Clash of the Castle just because he lost when he was built up so big, and then the Tyson Fury stuff didn't didn't go so well for him either. Um so yeah, it it, it makes sense uh, to turn him heel because he's been off since Mania and everything. I'm not mad at that. Cashing in on Seth Rollins, who's Pretty much the biggest baby. I get um, Cody is the bigger baby face, but that makes sense as well. I could, I could see it. I'm not mad at Drew, Drew McIntyre turning heel. It would be nice. And again, you do it in the UK. You that's that gets a bigger reaction too. Yeah. You know, I I know that he's Scottish, but, but he's gonna get he's gonna get cheered if he cashes in in the UK though. I don't know if he's gonna get like a full heel there. So maybe you don't have him cash in the same night, but you have him turn going into it or turn coming out of it. Either way. You can do a quick show up, you know, have a big have a big baby face moment and then let him turn. Or, you know, the, again, I think I think the money for him is as a heel. And I think that there is money in him as, you know, money in the bank. I said money a lot. All right, let's go. Let me do a proper intro on you this time and here. Joel Pearl. So he doesn't immediately leave because he's uh, afraid to speak to you. You saw him on the firm deletion. He was the referee for the match. First name Sham, last name Payne. He is an Omega legend in my mind. Omega, one of the greatest companies in the world because it's based out of North Carolina, this greatest state in the world. He is Marty Garner. Marty, how you doing, buddy? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. We appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm flattered. Thanks for having me, brother. Oh, of course, of course. So let's let's jump into the the firm deletion. You were there, referee for the match. Obviously, you main, maintained a relationship with Matt Hardy. But how did that come together? Did Matt just ask you, "Hey, you want to do this?" And then that's how we were rolling. 
Yeah, well, you know, uh, I live about six miles from that, so uh, it's very convenient for me to, to for me to show up. But um, yeah, um, he called me and said, "Hey, man, I got something. You, if you want to do it, man, it's uh, the firm deletion match at the house, man." I said, "Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. If you need any help or not on that, I would be glad to do it." He said, "Absolutely, dude." He said, "Uh, won't you come over and uh, we'll talk about it?" And uh, so uh, we talked about it, and uh, he said, "Next." Uh, well, I think we filmed it. A, we filmed it a little bit before we, we did it. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. A, I, I was. I was glad to do it, man. Had a blast. Got to see Caprice and everybody, man. It was a. It was a great deal. So, with that in mind, I mean, talk to me about the filming day. That must have been a, a long uh, process because I mean they had some shots that went day to night, but also some stuff that was inside. They went everywhere. So you know, uh, run us through it. Like what what was that filming day like for the firm deletion? Um, well, I think I got there about five fifteen that afternoon, and I left that morning at three forty five a.m. So it was uh, quite quite a day. And uh, but Matt had food there for us and uh, snacks and you know it was great, man. We got to catch up with some guys, man. Hadn't seen in a long time. It was a lot of fun, it really was. Hold on, let's pull it back for a second. What kind of food are we talking about? That's the most important question. What kind of food are we talking about? <laughs> oh God, you gotta let me. You gotta let me tell it. Uh, we had pizza. We had pizza, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, you know the little. Uh, the crustables where they don't have any crust on them. We had those energy drinks. We had the, uh, what else do we have? Uh, all the good, all the good snacks got going really quick too. But, uh, we, we had food to eat. I'll just say that we didn't, we didn't have it a big catered deal, but, uh, I consider pizza hut catered. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Matt didn't spring for the Bojangles. <laughs> oh, come on. It's North Carolina. We got to have the Bojangles. I know, there. man. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Uh, yeah, he didn't spray for the Bojack. What you know where Matt lives? You're you're lucky to get sunlight in there. So it's uh, <laughs> he's, he's back in the sticks a little ways. Had you been familiar with everything going on in AW and the firm deletion and keeping that up when you got there? Did Matt have to or anybody just have to be like, hey? Oh no, 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 so no, I, no. I've been Go keeping ahead. up with it. Yeah, I, okay. I've been keeping up with the deletion stuff and uh, and Matt and everything going on at AEW. Man, I think it's. Uh, I think they're doing a great job, man. And uh, it's getting better and better, I think, you know, at AEW. So, yeah, I've kept up with it. I knew who everybody was. I knew the roles. I knew what was going on when I came in. So, uh, and, you know, me and Caprice have kept in touch over the years. And, um, you know, Caprice was our first trainee at uh, Omega. Um, He was our first trainee, and he's done pretty well for himself. And uh, we're very proud of Caprice. What's it like seeing all the – Sorry, Joel. What's it like seeing all the Omega success throughout really, really the years? Because I'm from North Carolina. Um, I moved here when I was 10. And so I, I'd heard about Omega because yeah. when the Hardys started getting big on WWE, I found out they were from Omega. And, you know, you, you've got them. Uh, you, you mentioned Caprice. You've done things like Omega's like had a lot of success. Like what's it like seeing the success of these people? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Well, we have, you know, you got Matt and Jeff. You have Caprice Coleman, our first trainee. You had uh, Jason Arndt, who was Joey Abs at WWE. You had um, Shane Helms, who was the Hurricane. 
You have, uh, we had Steve Carino there. We had C.W. Anderson there in the beginning. We had, um, God, Shannon Moore. Um, it's, uh, it's unreal, you know, and I went on me and Mike, uh, the, the Dumps, if you ever heard of the Dumps, I was a part of the Dumps when they first started, and we went to uh, ECW for a little while. And, um, you know, they didn't last at WWE, but, um, you know, we, we've had a lot of success. Christian, uh, let's see, Boy uh, Matthews, Christian York, uh, and all those guys. Man, we had all those guys at Omega. And it's just unbelievable, man. I don't think it will ever be done again. Uh, you know, not, not bragging, but, um, you know, I – I also got to go to work for The Rock for a while. I was The Rock's personal assistant for a while, and I uh, got to work on a few movies, and uh, just it was just unreal, man. And uh, when that stuff was happening to me when I was working for The Rock, I'm on a private jet, and I'm thinking, this can't be happening to me. I'm from Bass, North Carolina. This is not, you know, I, I didn't never, I'd have never imagined, you know what I mean? And um, but it's been a, it's been a good ride, man. We've all had a good time getting there, and uh, it's just. I'm so proud of everybody, man, you know, to see everybody's success. And especially uh, um, Matt, you know, too, because Matt is a workhorse. Uh, Matt never quits, man. He's on every social media avenue he could be on. And you name it, if it's out, he's on it. So he's a workhorse. He stayed relevant for 30 years. And it's just a, it's just good to see that everybody's worked so hard and they've gotten, you know, a lot of success out of it. So I love that you just brought up two of the things I really want to talk about. And that was your time in ECW. Uh, let's start yep. there. So you're there in 99 and 2000. It's a different ECW from years prior. Talk to me about, you know, the locker room there, the people that you worked. Uh, I loved ECW when I was a kid. So I, to talk to with someone who was there and, and boots on the ground and in the ring, what, uh, what was that experience like? Um. <laughs> At the first tryout we had, man, uh, um, we had a tryout match. We we sent in a video that we had done. Me and Mike and Murray, my girlfriend. It was he was one of us. Uh, Mike was jacked up. Murray was bowed up. I was puffed up, and she was made up. And uh, so we were some country hicks. We made this big video and sent it to ECW, and didn't have a lick of wrestling on it. Not a lick. And Tommy Dreamer told us after we got there for the tryout. He said, man. We watched that thing seven times in the locker room that night, man, when we got it. He said, man, it was awesome. He said, all the boys were popping, man. He said, you didn't have one lick of wrestling on it. He said, but it was so good. And uh, so our first tryout, we were there, and some young kid, he was supposed to be the strongest teenager in America or something. He's trying out for a match, and he's talking junk to New Jack while he's trying out. I mean, he's just, you know, just getting in character and just talking uh, junk to him. New Jack gets up and punches this dude in the face then goes in the locker room and fights the dude again i'm like they, what are they doing and i was like i don't know if i want to work here or not you know what i mean because it was just uh kind of kind of crazy but he somehow he offended new jack and new jack didn't like it and uh you know one thing led to another he beat the boy down and i just thought that was you know off top i thought that was the wrong thing to do they, the boy was just trying to impress everybody and 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 you know, talk a little noise to the crowd, you know, as he's trying out. And, uh, but didn't work out. He didn't get hired. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a, it was a wild locker room, man. Um, it was, uh, it was fun. No doubt. Uh, Nova, he took me under his wing, man. Nova was a super cool guy, man. He tried to rib me a few times, but he took me under his wing and 
you know, told me what to do, what not to do, and kind of, you know, took me in as a as a as a lost sheep because I, I didn't know what to do, what to say, and who to talk to, who not to talk to. And uh, Nova really he he stepped up, Mike Mike Busey or Busey, however you say it, but uh, he he really stepped up and helped me out. But it was a fun time, man. I, I can't I can't deny we didn't have a lot of fun there. Was there a rib that uh, you want to share that Mike tried on you that you were able to get ahead of and maybe stop from happening? <laughs> yeah, well, it was, just, it was something simple. We go to this uh, motel one time, and we're going to try to get a room. So I'm following Mike in his car. And I forget who's riding with Mike now, but uh, he starts driving around the building. And I follow him around the building. And I followed him around the building a couple of times, and I said, oh, wait, he's ribbing me. And uh, – and that's what he was doing. He was ribbing me. And I called him and I stopped. And he's just laughing. He goes, dude, you caught it. I said, yeah, I'm from the country, but I'm not that stupid. And uh, just, just little stuff like that, man. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't pull any big ribs or anything like that. But uh, not like the night Matt Hardy walked out of a hotel room with a uh, a washcloth and a piece of feces in his hand. And uh, walk, it walked towards me and Jeff and Jason Art, and we started screaming. And we're like, like, Matt, put the thing down. And uh, he finally throws it out over the balcony. He said, I hope that doesn't hit Vincent Man's car. But uh, that, that was a rib I'll never forget, just to bring up a crazy rib. Matt Hardy had the best one. Huh? I'll give him that. <laughs> not, a, not a ECW story, but, you know, still. <laughs> just as good. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, we wrote about that in the book, man. He scared us to death with that thing. All right, so we're breaking in. We're back here with Marty Garner. We had uh, some issues earlier. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, Marty, we were talking about your time working with The Rock, uh, specifically as a PA uh, on a few of his movies. How did that whole gig come about? You had started to tell the story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, um, so I was doing some stunts on a video game here in Raleigh with Epic Games, and um, this guy tells a guy in California that I want to bring him out here and let him do some stunts on my video game. I'm doing out here. So I go out there and the guy I was working for at the video game studio, he says, uh, do you know The Rock? And I'm like, of course. I said, I used to uh, do some jobs at WWE. You know, I was an enhancement talent. He said, well, I'm going to call him and tell him you're with me. I just got his number the other day. I said, okay. So he calls Dwayne and he doesn't answer the phone. Leaves him a message. It says, Marty Garner's with me. So we wait on him, we're waiting on him to call back. Never call back the next day. And uh, so he said, let's go to the, uh, where they're shooting the movie at. And I'm like, dude, that's probably not a good idea. And he goes, no. Nah. He said, what's it going to hurt? I said, okay. Then we go out there. Uh, it was me, him, and actually uh, Murray Happer, the guy that played Otto Schwantz, the guy that played uh, Boat Up. And uh, so we went out there, and uh, they were just uh, wrapping everything up, and Rock was already gone. So we found his stunt double, and we asked him uh, where Rock was at. He said, uh, he's already gone, man. He said, uh, you guys come with me. And uh, went, we went to the bar with this guy. His name was Tunawai Reed. And Tunawai was cool as a fan. And uh, he called Rock up, and he told him, he asked him, he said, do you know Marty Garner? I got him Marty Garner, uh, champagne. And I hear Rock on the other end, end of the phone popping. He's like, yeah, man. He said, put him in Marty Garner's with you. Put him on the phone. So uh, anyway, 
I get on the phone with him. He said, what are you doing here? And I told him, he said, I'll tell you what you do. Come to the set tomorrow night. We're on Hollywood and Vine from uh, 12 midnight till 6 in the morning. I said, okay. We come out there. I, I guess it was 12.30, 1 o'clock at night. And uh, they were just wrapping up a scene. And they said, cut. And as soon as they said, cut, Rock saw me. And he goes, and I'd given him a, a videotape of uh, my promos and stuff. As soon as he sees me, he goes, first name, Sham. Last name, Payne, former male exotic dancer from Las Vegas, Nevada, who's traded his G-string for the wrestling ring and pound for pound, the baddest man to ever step foot into the square circle. And everybody started clapping. And um, he's like, that ain't me, that's him. That's Champagne right there. And to make a long story short, I stayed there uh, that weekend. He said, man, you got to stay the weekend. We're doing a movie wrap-up party. You got to stay. So I did. And, uh, man, we had a blast. Uh, got to meet Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake one night at a club. We were out there and just hanging out with them and, uh, just everybody was there, man. Yeah. I mean, I could name names, but it's, it's ridiculous how many people were there. So anyway, um, that was in January of 2003 in March of 2003, there was WrestleMania out in, uh, Washington state. And, uh, I can't even remember the number, but it was when rock was against uh, stone cold. And, um, anyway, I didn't tell rock I was coming out there and, uh, I showed up because Matt and Jeff were there on the show. Shannon Moore was on the show. Uh, Shane Helms was there. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna go hang out with the boys. Now, needless to say, I only had a hundred dollars in my pocket when I left the house. So, uh, I'm a little short on cash. I'm just trying to wing it. I get out there and I'm in the lobby of the hotel. Everybody's staying at and somebody called rock and told him I was there. He calls my phone and says, man, what are you doing here? I said, I'm just coming to see WrestleMania, just hanging out with the boys. And um, he said, come out with us tonight to dinner. So I go out to dinner with him and a bunch of the boys. And um, the bill was like $1,600 for us to eat. It's probably about eight or nine of us. And I throw my 20-minute phone card on the table. like It looks like a credit card. you know. I threw it on the table. I said, take care of it with that. And I said, and while you're at it, buy yourself something pretty, too. And Rock thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. He said, boy, you better put them 20 minutes back in your damn pocket. <laughs> and uh, so after that, uh, to make a long story even longer, I was, uh, it was a month or so later, and Rock called me up. He said, look, man, you ain't never one of You've always been my friend. He said, uh, you, you've always been cool with me. He said, now I'm going to ask you for something. I'm thinking, oh, no, what is this? He says, man, I'm doing a movie in Vancouver and uh, coming up here in about a month or so. He said, would you like to work on that movie? And I said, let me check. Yep. And he said, it's 10 weeks. He said, we'll pay you $2,500 a week. I'll put you up in a five-diamond hotel. I'll hook you up, man. He said, just uh, just come out and have some fun. He said, I think, and he did tell me this. He said, I think this man's done you dirty over the years not hiring you. He said, so uh, I want to let you come out and have some fun. He said, this is not a full-time gig, but I want you to come have some fun for a while. And, man, that was that was some of the coolest times in my life, man, being in Vancouver with him. And, uh, you know, the, the first night I was there, I'm, I'm in a club, and I'm looking at the dance floor. I'm looking at all the people looking at us. I'm in the VIP section and uh, over there talking to some people in the VIP section. And I'm thinking – I'm in another country. I'm, I'm working for Dwayne Johnson. 
I'm making twenty five hundred dollars a week, all expenses paid, and uh, this this can't be happening. This can't be happening to me. And about that time, Rock comes up to me and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he said, "Welcome to the family, man." And I almost cried. You know, I, I had to turn around and walk away for a minute. I come back, and I'm like, "I appreciate it, brother." And I'm trying to keep my composure, you know, because uh, you don't want to look like a punk after Rock's already giving you a job. So anyway, uh, that's how I got started with with the rock, man. It was a it was a heck of a ride, man. We had a lot of fun, dude. A lot of fun. Wow. Uh, Jeremy, do you do you have a follow up in that, or shall we continue? Are you technically bloodline? If he said welcome to the family, can you show up on Raw and be like, I've been accepted into blood? Rock has he's accepted me and just challenged Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. I, I- I would, I would think so, wouldn't you? I mean, if I'm in the family, I should be able to challenge Roman Reigns for the title, and yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> so let's go back for a second. Let's talk about you. You mentioned your enhancement uh, work with WWE. You had famously, uh, we'll, we'll we'll go back. We'll go one and one. You had Montel Vontavious Porter MVP. You had his first match in, in WWE. Can you talk to me about yep. that, Matt? Talk to me about working with MVP and just putting that together. I with was, it was a big. I moment. was MVP's first match, and um, yeah, I'll never forget it. I was at the uh, I was at the arena that day, and uh, this man comes up to me at the show one day that, that night. They were going to do that show, that pay per view, and he goes, uh, "Marty, how would you like to work on the uh, pay per view?" I said, you mean a dark match on a pay-per-view? He goes, no, I mean on the pay-per-view. And I said, uh, I would love that. And he said, well, you're going to be working MVP. He was supposed to work Chris Benoit tonight, but he's not ready for Chris Benoit. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, man, not a problem. And uh, me and uh, MVP worked out our match, and Vince said, let me, let me see a little bit of it. And he was going to slap me in the beginning of it, right? And uh, – so he just hauls off and slaps my freaking lips off. And uh, Ben said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, I didn't mean that part of it. He said, you didn't have to slap him like that. We're just practicing here. And uh, he said, if you'd have hit me like that, you'd have got a receipt. And uh, But anyway, I remember in the match that night when we locked up, I said, make it a good one. And he slapped me so hard, he hit me in my ear. And, you know, that'll throw your balance off in the first place and it'll knock you a little goofy. When he hit me in my ear, I didn't know where I was at for about six seconds, probably. I went down to one knee, and I'm looking around going, what? Okay, where am I at? Okay, I'm in a wrestling ring. I'm doing a match. Yep, that's right. And it just threw me off for a minute, man. But uh, we had a decent little match. You know, he squashed me or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a memorable moment, no doubt. <laughs> Jeremy, you want to try it see if, he, if Marty can hear you? Okay. Um, I mean, memorable moments, I, I think, uh, infamously, good or bad, the, the moment you are most remembered for in wrestling is the <laughs> Triple H pedigree. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what Matt Hardy said about this on, on his podcast when he recalled it. He what? said, when Marty got with us originally, he rapped, did other things. He was always in the entertainment field. Pro wrestling wasn't something he grew up watching or loved or was even a big fan, but he dug – but he dug it once he learned about it, understood it, got the taste, really loved it. When the pedigree happened, 
he wasn't a longtime wrestling fan and hadn't watched this stuff, so he wasn't sure. He just assumed as someone was grabbing you and picking you up, it's like a pile driver, and he kicked up <laughs> real hard and ended up landing on his bean. Is that how you remember it? Of you thought it was okay, it's a pile driver maneuver, and then that's why it, honestly the best pedigree in history. Well, thank you very much. But uh yeah, I was uh here was the thing. Hunter was new there, and of course I was I was new there. I didn't want to tell him I didn't know what the pedigree was. I had no idea what the pedigree was. And uh, when he said, you you good with taking the pedigree? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, man. And when he locked me into it, it felt like it was going to be a power bomb or something, you know, because he puts my head between his legs there. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to kick hard. And no, I didn't think it was a pile driver, but I, d- I didn't really know what it was. And uh, I should have probably asked <laughs> looking back, but – uh it was uh it made for a good picture and um it it showed up in a few magazines and uh, a few years later it showed up again in a magazine and triple h comes comes up to me and he goes uh hey man he said uh this picture's making its rounds isn't it i was like yeah it is and uh so i had him i never get any autographs from anybody i never get anybody to sign anything but i did get him to sign a picture of me in the air with him doing that look like a double underhook pile driver and uh so i got a picture of that sign from from triple h but uh yeah of all the people of uh, everywhere i've been all the movie stars and people i've met that's the only autograph i've ever gotten from anybody (laughs) (laughs) there's a signed photo of you and triple h taking again the most gnarliest pedigree that that we've we've ever seen i was gonna ask like did he say anything to you after the match did he say anything to you after that happened of like what what was that out there? When it happened, he said, GD, are you all right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm good, bro. When I come to the back, he was like, dude. He said, that looked really good, man. He said, I'm just going to make sure again. Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm great. He goes, bro, wow. And he, he was just shaking his head like he couldn't believe I was living and standing there talking to him. And uh, But, yeah, that was – I wasn't proud of that really uh, because I messed up. You know what I mean? And it was, it was, uh, I don't know. It was a video of shame for me for a long time. Then I just, I just accepted it. You know, I made a mistake and, you know, mistakes happen. I was trying to impress somebody and it didn't work out quite right. But, um, it is what it is. And, uh, that's not the worst bump I took at WWE. The worst one, it was on, I think it's on maskwrestlers.com. I jump out of the ring on Jeff Jarrett. And I tell him to move when I jump out. My head hits the floor, then it hits the cattle railing, then my right ankle hits me in the back of my neck. I, I mean, you're talking about a scorpion. Rob Deerdeck would have went nuts if he saw that scorpion. Vince McMahon was calling the match, him and Jerry Lawler. And Vince was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Let's watch this again. Marty Garner, oh, my God, Marty Garner. And uh, they watched it three times. I think it was a three-slow-mo uh, deal they just were going crazy over it, man look that up sometime on the internet man you'll you'll get a kick out of that one too so uh, i was i was gonna say i'm glad that you mentioned it because i was gonna ask about the match with jeff jarrett so thank you for bringing that yeah, up because is matt matt mentioned that on the podcast as well he said as bad as the pedigree looked you were actually in rougher shape uh with the match against jarrett in that fall because at least with the pedigree triple h 
it's kind of protecting you on the fall. Yeah. So Matt brought that up on his podcast. It's like, yeah, if you think that pedigree looks bad, like actually this is the one where Marty was hurting a little bit more. Yeah, he wasn't lying to you. We had we were in like I forget where we were at, but we had a long ride home, and we're riding with the Italian stallion and a twelve passenger van. We had fifteen people in there. Matt had got hurt that night. I was hurt, and I was I was hurt so bad I couldn't even, I could barely talk. I'm just talking like this. People are asking me stuff, and I'm talking like Johnny Ace. I'm talking like this, and uh, I'm, Matt's like, "You're right." And I'm like, "I'm good, Matt. I'm good." <laughs> I wasn't good. I was hurting, but like he said. Man, I, I had just got into the business. I didn't know anything about the business, hardly at all. I didn't know how to work. You know, my work rate was horrible. I was just trying to impress somebody with something spectacular. And uh, it, it it didn't work out that way. But, uh, you know, I, I was trying crazy stuff, man, in those days. And uh, looking back now, I see what a fool that I was at the time. But it is what it is. I, I just learned to accept it. I've got one last question for you. I wanted to ask you earlier in the firm deletion, you hit a, you hit Ethan page with a couple of good solid punches and then Caprice Coleman hits an Enzigiri. If you could do any other move other than just having punched Ethan, uh, Ethan page, what would you want to do? You got one good one left in you. What, what move would I want to do to him? Um, well, my finisher, what I'm, I'm still doing is, uh, I like shooting somebody into the corner, them coming out like I'm going to give them a bulldog. I, they flip me over their shoulder to a reverse uh, DDT. I, I like I like doing that. I call it the painkiller. But uh, I like doing that move. Uh, I used to love doing the uh, the corkscrew plancha to the outside. I did that. Last time I did that was a couple of years back. But, uh, yeah, um, I wish I could have done something different to them, but. He told me later, he said, man, that was a great punch. And I'm like, Th- thanks, man. And even Big Bill commented on the punch. And uh, I said, yeah, just tell Tony Khan that, okay? <laughs> he said, oh, I will, brother. I will. But, uh, oh. Yeah. Um, I, like I told Matt, I said, you know what, man? A lot of people say, you know, I, I'm 54, by the way, and uh, about to be 55, and I'm still doing crazy stuff in the rain, doing not crazy like back in the day crazy, but still doing flips and crazy stuff. And uh, somebody said, man, is it, you think it's time to throw in the hat? I said, man, it's never time to throw in the hat. I said, if somebody wanted to give me a job, would I take it? Absolutely. I said, I'm, I'm a land surveyor. I can always come back to that. But uh, how many times you get to work on the big screen? You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I never throw the hat in. I, I'll always keep keep grinding and keep striving to do better. I got two little girls. One of my little girls is a year and a half and one of them seven. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be an old daddy, but you know, my life worked out a little bit differently than most people's. I married my preacher's daughter. She's 20 years younger than me. And, uh, I've had a wild ride, man, but it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, and I'm still getting to do stuff like this with you guys, man. You know what I'm saying? So that's fun to me. I, I really enjoy stuff like this too. And thank you guys for having me on. Thank oh, you. We, yes, thank you. We appreciate it. And you know the the tech issues are frustrating, but we're glad we we got through all of it. And again, we appreciate you working through all of that with us because I know it was frustrating uh, for you as well as we tried to figure figure everything out. Marty, thank you. Let everybody know where they can find you at, where they can support you at. We'll put the links below in the description so everybody can click those links and uh, support Marty after watching this interview. Marty Gardner, thank you again. First name Sham. Last name, Payne. Thank you to Champagne, Marty Gardner.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Talk to me. Okay, you've interviewed Vinny before. I have not. What What am I getting into here with with Vinny Pacifico? He's just he's a, he's a good guy. He does it. He's got energy. He's definitely got energy. He's got good stories. He loves his candles. I'm sure we'll talk to him about candles and, and things right. of that nature. That'll probably be my first question. Like, what new candles do you have? We can just do the whole interview. I'll ask him about candles, and he'll show his candles off for 20, 30 minutes, and that'll be the whole interview. That's that 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 sounds like a good interview. What about yeah. uh, hold on? Okay, so yeah, so we got so we got Vinny in, in about a few minutes. What the hell happened with Matt Brannigan, and why the hell wasn't I there? And also, follow up question: Have you subscribed to his OnlyFans yet? I have not subscribed to his OnlyFans. I got him. Um, uh, so here's an update on on the story. Who watched on Monday uh, when we talked to Matt Brannigan? So at the end of the interview. I asked, like, what's a good thing about Ohio? And, you know, because Ohio is terrible. Very much like, so. Famously yeah. terrible. <laughs> and he's like, there's, the, there's this bar called DKFX. And, you know, it's like, good food, weird people, but I like the vibe. And they got, like, video games and pinball machines and arcade machines and things like that. It's, it's in a small town. I forget the name of the town. The wife will text me here in a second. Tell me the town. I think it might be in Dayton. Um, I think it might be in Dayton. And he's like, I, li- I like this bar, DKFX. Immediately, the the wife, um, hey, can you, James Jones, send me a link to that, if that's true? Like, what radio station that is, please? Um, immediately, the wife texts me and was like, I know that bar. I know the owner of that bar. Like, that. that's my friend. And so I mentioned it on air. And then in a follow-up to all of this, apparently they're using that clip on their social media. So if you go to like the DKFX uh, social media, maybe their Facebook or their Twitter, I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know when it's going to be up. They're apparently going to like use that clip. And I told Matt, I was like, next time you go there, get a drink. Say you know this person. Say, ask them about this person. Get, get you, Go get yourself a drink. Go get yourself a couple of drinks. Like, oh, that's awesome. So a small world moment. With uh, Matt Brannigan, the overall interview was was great. Uh, he was he was fantastic. He was in his robe. He had his coffee mug. Um, it's it's unfortunate that that new wave closed down, and so he's not going to get the match with uh, Nick Aldis that was scheduled for this weekend. That's that's really unfortunate because I was looking forward looking forward to that new wave. From what I know, uh, has done done good stuff, and you know they they try to put on good matches and matches you wouldn't really think of. So. Uh, it's unfortunate that, that that happened and we're not going to get that match. But everybody go back and, and watch the interview with uh, Matt Brannigan because that was fantastic. 
Yeah, I, I, I look forward to the stories that he's going to tell about getting uh, some free drinks at the bar. And, and, and of course, you know, everyone, everyone's socials will be running it. So there we go. There you go. The D.C. area is the interview. Uh, yeah, Louis saying OnlyFans is a scam, not a single picture of a fan on any page. I'm sure there's a fan page out there, a page of fans. I'm sure it exists, and I'm sure it's marvelous. How much do you think it costs? Like, is it a $5 tier? Is it a $30 a month tier? Like, are the fans, are these industrial fans? Do we just, are they fans of fans? Would you ever open an OnlyFans, Joel Pearl? No, my self-esteem is not that high. I would have to, I'd have to work on a few things first. What, what kind of content would be on your OnlyFans? Everything. But also everything. What does uh, everything entail? Uh, you know, if if people have enough money, uh, uh, sling and dong, you know, as as, <laughs> as, a, as our pal Stephen Jensen likes to say. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I would do on an OnlyFans. What would you do? do, you, do you solo content. Do you, do you do clang bang? and bang, obviously. What are you banging though? The clang? What are you banging? <laughs> You're welcome. This conversation has taken the best possible route. Yeah, by the way, uh, they're being asked in the chat. Did you talk about about being called about being Zap Brannigan? No. Brannigan no. Law? That would have been that would have been good, but uh no. We would have asked him about Brannigan's law. Yeah. Did not, unfortunately. Sorry about that, everybody. It's okay. It's a lot like Brannigan's love. It's hard and fast. I love the birds chirping in the background. It just adds to the calm sereneness. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I. I will bring this up because it just it was in the chat, and I just saw the. Uh, I did see the tweet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring it down, but I do have to to mention this uh, for those who do listen to Going in Raw. That's uh, Stephen Larson's show. Uh, they're they're number three. Their third guy, the Enforcer, Steve Bradley. Unfortunately, he he passed away last night. Um, he had been in hospital for a little bit, and uh, you know it, it it sucks. We send our love to to Steve's family, to everyone who was a fan of the show and, and a fan of Steve's, and uh, yeah, we just uh, send our love because it's it's shit. It sucks. Oh, that's awful. I'm I'm sorry sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, Stephen Larson has always been. I can't say I've had like interactions with them outside of just quick exchange of pleasantries but when we did twitch all the time they were very kind about sending people our way when we were on uh twitch and for everything i've heard about them just just great guys and everyone really loved the reviews and stuff um and that's that sucks I'm, I'm sorry to to uh to them and i hope you know anything we can do let us know because it, it always sucks to lose just one in in our little little community because despite what people may think may say we we most of us are friendly and kind and we all support each other and so to lose one in our community is uh is very unfortunate so uh, rp enforcer big hockey fan too well that now i feel worse i know i just i wanted to put it out there because i know that's something you and i share sometimes is a a mutual love of, of the national hockey league i mean me not so much in the last few years but here we are. We're live on Twitch right now, by the way, over at twitch.tv slash Do we still game? Not as much, but we would like to start. 
doing more. We say that every time, and then stuff gets busy. WrestleMania comes up, and then a big AEW pay per view, and then someone throws a punch behind the scenes, and then you know, it's it's not even that. Again, I'm gonna peel back the curtain, be honest with with our audience when it comes to this stuff. Is like, would I like gaming more? Yes, I, I enjoy. It. I I was doing it like at least once a week, sometimes twice a week to start the year. Um, and, and I was having fun with it. It was a nice little break from things. And that that's really what it came down to. It was like, I kind of used it as a break. And then I got the idea for this show. And I thought this show was more valuable to the space than me sitting on Twitch playing wrestling games every now and again, because it was a nice break for me. Like I had good interactions with people, but like it wasn't the most fruitful, prosper type of thing. It was legitimately just... I get to take a break for two hours and just play, play video games. I'm like, that's, that's fine. That's fun. But I, I like to contribute in different ways when it comes to, to this stuff. Um, and I think this is just much more like, this is still a break from my news writing uh, portion of it, but it's more valuable in the sense that we get guests on the show. Um, I can get articles out of this and in Twitch, just, it wasn't something that was, it, it felt valuable enough to me to, to, I wanted to contribute in a different way. Does that mean that like there isn't a space for other people to do stuff on Twitch? Absolutely not. Like that they, if somebody else wants to do stuff on there. Cool. They're, they're open to, but otherwise it, the Twitch just kind of shows and, and things of that nature. So that's largely why the gaming has stopped on Twitch is I didn't think it was as valuable as something like this show. I thought my time could be of better use contributing work purposes instead of giving myself a quote unquote break by being on Twitch. You think our next guest would want to uh, take over our Twitch? We'll see if he's on Twitch. Um, oh yeah. I'd, I'd, get, I'd, I'd give Vinny Pacifico a proper introduction, but he's going to do a better introduction for himself than I am. He, he's sponsored by bang energy. He's the most Beloved man in the candle community. Mm-hmm. Um, he's. I'm watching him backstage. I'm trying to. <laughs> he's Just scissored with that, daddy yeah. ass. Yeah, he's scissored with daddy ass. Uh, is Vinny Pacifico? Vinny, how you doing, buddy? Very good, guys. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm, are you Great. on a bike right now? <laughs> are you just like riding a bike? I'm on the. I'm on my. Uh, I'm on a bike. I got my. My bang. There it is. I bought the bang. Always got to bring the bang. Yeah, I'm at the gym right now. Uh, popped off my machine. And I'm doing some cardio. Is this you. the first interview that you've done while doing cardio? Or is this like a common thing for you? This is my second time doing it. Um, I have a very big weekend ahead. So I really I, I have to be very careful with my time management and do everything whenever I can. Uh, so yeah, so that's why I'm doing this now. All right. I got to ask, first of all, do you have fiber internet at home? Do I have what? <laughs> How's your internet connection at home? How's it, is Pretty it good damn one? good. All right. That's good to know. And here at the gym, it seems okay too. All right. Oh, it does no. good. Good, good. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're, you're all right for now. Okay. So uh, listen, this is my first foray into uh, our conversation. So hi, I'm Joel. It's nice to meet I you, Vinny. Uh, I don't need to remember him. That's it's true. okay. Yeah. Here's what I got. I got to ask right away. Did you ever try the Pepsi and Peeps uh, mashup or what? I didn't. No, I was so close, but like 
the sugar, the sugar in that's like 50 grams of sugar. It's insane, but I'm very tempted. I, I, I might even take a sip and try it. I like peeps. Yeah, man, I can't. I'm not a really. No, nah, I'm a Jew. We don't do peeps. <laughs> I love marshmallows. And it's like, <laughs> I, I think I told Jeremy, if I were to have my own energy drink, it would be marshmallow flavor. Oh my goodness. Yep. See, you've got to try the Pepsi peeps. Like we, we, we need a video first sip a first sip video. That's what, so we get the honest, genuine reaction to okay. it instead of like a review thing. Okay. Okay. I'll make it happen. Only for you, Jeremy. <laughs> Joel, I appreciate you. No, I no, it's for Jeremy. I get it. <laughs> tell, tell, tell us about the Bang Energy deal because when we had you on Spotlight uh, a while ago, mm-hmm. you know, you were you were talking about this, this, this is what you're aiming for, getting an energy drink deal and yeah. you know, coming up with the, the marshmallow energy drink, which we're still going to make happen. But how did it all actually come together? So I'm going to post a clip of the match that half that 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 uh came from so i i believe i had a i had a match in or in oregon uh i did a spot that involved an energy drink in the match and posted it it got thousands of views really quick and three days later i got an email from bang with a contract so i really believe that that's what did it they're the only company i never reached out to i reached out to monster red bull the only company that reached out to me without me reaching out to them was Bang. And uh, yeah, so that was it. I said, okay, I like Bang. I drink Bang. It's a very, very popular drink. Why not? You know, and it fits. Um, they also have a Power Punch flavor as well. So it just really fit. Um, but yeah, so I would say I did a spot, energy drink, Popeye, comeback, hit a bunch of cool moves. And uh, that's how it happened. This went viral with it but by the way let me let me say you were looking jacked like oh man no i'm trying <laughs> thank you thank you no i'm trying i'm trying it's been a few weeks uh on and off i had a little ner- injury i was nursing so uh shoulder injury but now it's feeling amazing and i'm back in the gym every day you are the i don't know what you call these things i don't have them but when they're you know, you're you're looking jacked oh, traps thank okay, you no, i traps. appreciate that jeremy i do i do appreciate Sorry. that Trapezius muscles. Trapezius, yes. I ain't got that. I ain't got no traps. All right. The you only traps I know about is music, and it's awful. Oh, <laughs> silly. That one song is good. Come on. What is that one song? Headstrong? Oh, oh Headstrong. Oh, trash. I was talking about. Okay, that's a band. I'm talking about trap music, like rap oh, trap music. I'm so sorry. I oh, no, not. this is much better. <laughs> That's amazing. And yeah, that is their only good song. Everything else by Trapped is great. Oh, hey, that, that song got played so much, too. Every uh, indie guy there is played that song on their fucking first. Uh, that was actually my first theme song. Like, I was like 15 <laughs> in a Royal Rumble. And I fell on my entrance. Oh, so now it's just, now it's a trash song. We can't talk about it anymore. You got to use 12 Stones. You got to use that song Broken. I used that for a pay-per-view once in like 2001. And then I found out that 12 Stones is like a Christian rock band. And I was like... What are we doing here? Where, 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 why are we doing this? Uh, hey, did uh, did Sue Young ever have some of that uh, Bang Energy drink when he? No, was... she didn't. No? She dumped it all over my head, and that was it. Really? Yeah. Why is she so mean? Yeah. Why is she so mean? I thought I was being nice. I thought I was being uh, helpful and uh, doing her a favor. Is, we got is that black cherry today? Mm. Oh, black cherry sounds good. 
is that the is that the worst interaction you've had when you've tried to give somebody an energy drink with, with Sue Young dumping it on your head? No, Darius Carter beat the shit out of me. <laughs> he did. Actually, it's pretty bad. Actually, on one of my uh, videos, you could see if you watch it, he choked me against the wall, but he slammed me so hard the wall breaks. You could see that. You could see me go through the wall. Actually, <laughs> if you have a chance, go back and watch that. You literally see my whole back go through the wall. That's because it's because your back is so big, brother. And I'm so jacked. I mean, right, yeah. <laughs> and then actually, what happened was the wall broke, and a bunch of like stuff on the other side of the wall fell over, and people were yelling. It was, <laughs> but no one knew it was us. That's it's, but definitely a funny promo. That was a fun one. But yeah, I got my ass kicked. My ass handed it to me. The Sunny Kiss one was was fantastic. And oh my god, the- I love Sunny. We go way back years. So always love. Oh, we love Sonny. <clears throat> the the little butt wiggle when you're giving Sonny a hug was was great. Everyone comes, everyone loved that. <laughs> it was it was so natural, you know. It's it's how I greet it's how I greet Sonny. So that's how I, that's usually how I greet him anyway. And uh, yeah, so if you could offer a, a a bang or a drink to any wrestler, who would it be? And do you think they take it or would they that I haven't it? yet? That you haven't yet. That's right. Dream big, as big as you want. John Cena. All right. Oh. You think he'd take oh. it, or would he play? Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay, go go ahead and answer Joel's terrible question. Do, do you think John Cena would take the, the energy? Oh, drink? that's How the question. Yeah. Okay, no. Yeah. I was going to say, um, do I think John Cena would drink a bang from me? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Brian Danielson, someone I would love to offer a bang. Obviously. Would he drink it? Probably not. Oh, he'd probably no. uh, throw it on the ground and kick your head in. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm Man, asking for uh, a label lock right after that one. Yeah. Um, who else would, who would I like to give a bang to? Uh, the Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. Oh, let's, let's go. He's going to ask if it's worm flavored. That's what I was going to say. Gummy worm. I, mean, I think they have a gummy worm flavor too. So We got it. We did it. I actually did a meet and greet years ago. When I was a kid, for the boogeyman, and um, funny story, makeup on and all, my mom goes, "Oh my god, he's beautiful." I was like, "Whoa," and she was like, "All night, like, oh, he's so handsome, oh my god." And then he had he had gummy worms, you know, in the set, like to, for the kids to, uh, you know, but uh, it was uh, and then he kissed her on the hand. <laughs> Yeah, that happened. She, oh, she was flirting with him, and he kissed her on the hand. My God. Is your mom technically married to the boogeyman now? I think so. <laughs> technically. Does that make you Boogie Jr.? Oh, my God. Boogie Boy. Boogie Boy. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Get, you could do, like, the, 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 the big ears, like the, the bat boy, call yourself the boogie boy. Let's go. Look at us. We're booking you, booking a whole new gimmick for you. We're booking a whole friggin' angle out of this. 
All right, two two comments. One, Brian Danielson would not accept your your Bang Energy drink. When I have a podcast no with him in in 2030, I will ask him about this. He will think it is like it is like scorpion piss or something because scorpions are like deadly animals and everything. And I don't think Danielson's gonna mess with like scorpions, so I don't think it's like scorpion piss. Just harmful, just completely harmful for for your body. Two, yes, two. No, we can energy drink not good. We can film the John Cena energy drink bit right now. Like we can. Oh my God. All I got to do is this. Yeah. Hey, want a sip? Sure. Nah. Get it. You can't see me. Sorry. There there you go. See? You just got the energy drink. I'm going to clean it up. With John Cena. I was just wasted energy drink and then desecrating the gym that you're at. Is you're he gonna get out it? for spilling your energy drink everywhere? Is he desecrating it or is he? Crazy? I didn't spill it. John Cena drank it. What are you talking about? That's right. Yes. There you go. There you go. We 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 put the put the music on in the background. Clip this up. Cut it up. Put it on socials. It'll it'll go go huge like all the other ones do. And we'll be off and running here. John Cena. He follows me on Twitter. He follows like five million people, but he follows me on Twitter. I wonder if that's him. Actually, no. him. He, no. he said this before that he just he just has like an automated follow thing because people call him out. It's like, hey, do you realize you're following this racist? And he's like, he doesn't actually respond. He posts his motivational quotes and he moves on. But those quotes are great. I save half of them. Those quotes are amazing. They make me feel really good. What's your favorite motivational quote, Vinny? From John Cena? I mean, it could be John Cena. It could be any. It could be from any person who has given you motivation. It could be from me. I would say the best. My favorite motivational quote or way of thinking is just never give up because I wouldn't be where I am right now if I never, if I if I gave up, and I I think that's the same to say for many people is uh, just never giving up and never stopping and never losing focus of what the dream of your dream. You know, you're proud of this life. You get one life. Why not live it the best way you want to live it? Why not live it how you want to live it and live it happy? I uh, when I was younger, I was playing football for a football team and I was quarterback and I I love football. I, I was great played in high school and I said, this is making me happy. You know, my dad was like, no, just play. You're really good. I want you to play. I want you to play. And I just wanted to wrestle. And, uh, it wouldn't have made me fulfilled or happy if I played football. So I started wrestling and, uh, now I'm fulfilling my purpose. I'm fulfilling my dream and I'm the happiest I've ever been. And I'm so blessed. Vinny, what are some of your, your long-term goals when it comes to the world of professional wrestling? I want to go back to ROH. It's been a few years since I've been there. That's a, that company means the world to me. And uh, they gave me my start years ago. So definitely Ring of Honor. Um, they were the first major company to take a chance on me. So uh, definitely Ring of Honor is a very big goal of mine. AEW is an amazing locker room. That's a place that everyone should or probably does want to work because the locker room's great. The environment's amazing. People are looking to help each other out and just a very good camaraderie. You know, um, those are my goals. My goal is also to uh, obviously be on TV, which is possible because TV wrestling is something that I love and it's, it's a whole other ball game. And uh, I want to wrestle Matt Cardona. That's a match that I wanted for a while. Uh, and a goal that I have outside of wrestling is I want to do one cup, one, bodybuilding competition show, which I probably won't do, but it's something that 
I thought about possibly doing one time in my, in my life. Uh, and I want to get into a movie. I'm working on uh, a few uh, things behind the scenes in acting. And uh, so, yeah, that's those are my goals. You know, wrestling is my number one. Always has been, always will be. Uh, obviously, want to work for the best places in the world because why not? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to fulfill my purpose and fulfill uh, my dreams because, like, like I said, you only got one life. And uh, if you're going to live it, live it how you want to live it and live it to the fullest. You mentioned wanting to work TV wrestling, and you called it a different piece. For those who may not be aware, what is it about TV wrestling that A, appeals to you, and B, uh, what, what does make it different for those who maybe don't know the difference between just going to a show and, and seeing a wrestler wrestle at, you know, random indie show? I like TV wrestling because it's, it's, it's like, don't get me wrong, the fans there are amazing and you want to perform for them, but... It, it's really cool performing for people behind the camera as well. You know, there could be 200, 300 people at a, at a show, but there could be thousands or millions of people watching at home behind that camera. So that all factors into what I love about TV wrestling. And uh, it's a different way of putting matches together, ways of your footwork, um, ways of running the ropes are all different when you're on TV or when you have a certain when certain companies are more specific towards that TV style of wrestling, don't get me wrong. I love all types of wrestling. I love every type of wrestling there is because it's just an art, but it's, uh, I just, I like being different and making things different and making things make sense. So it, I, I notice TV wrestling takes things to that next level. You mentioned Matt Cardona, who is a famous TV wrestler, now the king yep. of the death matches and the, the, the king of the indies, according to him. He called him out. He said, somebody book it, somebody pay me to do this. What, what is the appeal of wrestling Matt Cardona? And also say something very mean about him to where I can turn it into a clickbait headline and you know that'll get the, the internet talking because Matt Cardona loves when I write clickbait headlines. Oh, he does love that? Okay. Yeah. Um, energy Drink King versus Deathmatch King. Book it. Uh, and although his fake tan is better than my natural tan, I am still more jacked than him, and I will beat him. Okay, so, so Vinny Pacifico, Matt Cardona has a fake tan, is how I'm going to clickbait this. He'll respond to this. He'll be like, I, "My tan is not fake. It's it's very real. I'm at the I'm all the time working out, working at the gym, going to the, the what, they have tanning salons. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. I love tanning salons no. personally. No. All right, but I'm not doing that right now. I haven't I haven't in like a year. It's a, it's it's a process. You got to tan, then you got to go home. You can't take a shower for a couple hours or all this night. Sounds awful. This sounds it's absolutely awful. The stuff just gets on the sheets then. Yeah. It does. I mean, I think after a certain point, you can lay in bed, but like you have to wait. I remember when I did it last year, I waited till like 11.30 p.m. and I got it at 2 o'clock. So I waited nine hours before laying in bed. Jeez. But it pays off. It does look good. Fake oh, tans good. are good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three names. You're going to tell me who hits the hardest. Shane Taylor, Wardlow, or Parker Boudreau? Whoa. Yeah. Who hits the hardest? Yeah. You've been in the ring with all these men, among many others. I mean, I know. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs is another one I could toss at you. He's another big boy. 
Hobbs. Hobbs is the one. Hobbs is, Hobbs the, guy? is the one. I'm glad I added that. <laughs> I thought about that first. And I was like, wait, they didn't mention him. But yeah, Hobbs is the hardest one. He's amazing too. But yeah, very hard hitter. What uh, what is it about Hobbs that's uh, gonna put him over for a sec? I just I'm curious. What is it about Powerhouse Hobbs that uh, that makes you so excited about him? Like what is it? I think he's incredible. He has the look. He has the skill. He's jacked. You know, I think he's awesome. Incredible. And uh, working with him was pretty cool too. Yeah, that was in Seattle. And like my my whole thing is, I'm a very big fan of. Uh, the Northwest scene of wrestling. So getting to wrestle for AEW in the Northwest scene was incredible. It was a dream come true, actually. Jeremy? I was gonna say, can you can you give more color? That's that's what they like to use on the financial calls. Give more color on the Matt Cardona stuff. Because I got the clickbait headline, but now I need the meat of the article. So what is it about Cardona that you know appeals to you of like this is a match that I that I really want? I could say probably like most or probably most young wrestlers, younger wrestlers were a fan of him growing up. I was. But I also love action figures, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Universal, Disney. So we have the same interests. And that just appeals to me, you know? And uh, I think he's very smart with how he wrestles and how he portrays himself. So that's something I, I always gravitate towards. And I think wrestling him would be a very good experience. And uh, I think it'd be awesome. I mean, Matt Cardona, I don't think, for, for a lot of newer fans, gets the credit he deserves for vlogs and bits and things like that. That was something that he was doing before. Yeah. Now everybody kind of does it. Anyone can learn from him if you really pay attention and watch what he does on social media, what he does in his matches, his promos, how he how he uh, packages himself. It's a friggin' insane package deal you're getting. You know, when you're wrestling him or when you're booking him or when you're watching him, you know what you're getting. And that's so important when it comes to a wrestler. Marketable. He is so marketable. And that's something that I've become with my new character, the Power Punch character that I have. Like, I've learned to become marketable, and I've learned to market the drinks, the merchandise, the, fit, the Power Punch. Like, all that stuff is very, you know, it is what it is. You know what it is. You, can't, you, don't, have, you don't have to explain it as much as, you don't have to explain it. Like, some people have a gimmick where you don't really know what it is when you're seeing it. And I feel like, personally, um being able to, the first thing they see outside the curtain is what's really important. So I feel like being that package deal from the minute you entrance to the minute you go back is carries a lot of weight. See, Vinny, this is how you do it. You gave me the, I could easily do, Vinny Pacifico says anybody can learn from Matt Cardona. He knows how to market it himself. That's easy headline. Doesn't get the clicks. The clicks is calling out his fake tan and everything. And then you read the article and where you say nice things and why you want the match and everything. I'm giving people lessons here as well. If they can't be a wrestler, they can be a poor news writer like yep. I am. This is like clickbait everything. I love it. You guys are genius. You guys are awesome. The way you the way you put things together and it just it's never ending. So I, I see you guys posting at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. So it's like 
you guys work hard, and I love to see it. I was telling Joel, I was like, I'm up at these hours shooting movies. I don't care. I'm listening to interviews at 3 and 4 a.m. Movie shooting, easy work. Vinny, last question, and, and we'll, we'll get you out of here. You got any good new candles lately? Yes, I did. I have a few. I got a Tiki Beach uh, Hawaii coconut. And I bought that one because it smells just like Hawaii when I went two years ago. So I, I, I wanted that buyback, like I'm in Hawaii. So I bought that candle. And then there I bought a Santorini Coast, which is like a coconutty. I love coconut. It's a coconutty tropical vibe. I love it. Okay. I also have so many more that I, so my fiance is like, don't buy any more because we have like 30 more. But <laughs> I got to send you, I got to send you the Harry Potter one. That's, that's going to be my, my wedding gift. Please. Uh, to you. What flavor is it? I think it's just the, the wife might message me here in a second, but I think it's like some type of just vanilla type Ooh. of thing. They have more. I got, I got to go by the store when I'm back in Ohio and I'll look at them and I'll, I'll get one that I feel appeals to the candle aficionado in you love it love it thank you yeah she said it was vanilla i i'm pretty sure they have more that um mm-hmm. more flavor so i'll look but yes I'll, I'll, I, that's my wedding gift uh to some harry potter candles Vinny, let everybody know where they can find you at Vinny pacifico one on twitter Vinny pacifico on instagram and Vinny pacifico on facebook easy enough go all the links uh this this interview will be clipped. All the links are down below on there too. Go support Vinny, a great man, one of the best men that, that I know. Uh, Vinny, thank, thank you. you for your time today. Much appreciated. Good luck with everything. You know, I'll be following everything closely. Everyone go follow him. He's always posted bits with the energy drinks and things like that. Matt thank clips. you very much. Vinny does a great job with his social media, and he's going to kick my, Matt Cardona's ass here within the next I am. Week. Let's go. Thanks, Thanks Vinny. Guys. Thanks, Vinny go Vinny pacifico everybody dude genuinely one of the best dudes uh, i've ever talked to so love Vinny. absolutely you know what though the only thing the only thing i didn't get you think he's a bath candles guy oh candles in the bath oh Oh. well we'll get him get him back on next time and see if he does bath candles i feel like if you have candles in your candle connoisseur you'd be a bath candles type of person yeah it's very possible, very possible. He has so many candles. People that watch the, the spotlight interview, he's just pulling them out one. I don't even know like if he fully burns them. He might just keep them around just for like the smell, smell of yeah. like you just go by and you smell them. Like, okay, I need to I need to smell Hawaii right now. Like, all right, let me grab this Hawaiian candle. I need to smell it some like oak cinnamon. I don't know what these flavors are. It's like, all right, let me let me smell this oak cinnamon flavor here. Like you might just need to smell them. Do you have a favorite smell? Not that I can say Not on all. air. <laughs> I feel like I should ask somebody else that question then. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vinny, Vinny Pacifico, that was that was fun. He's good. He's he's great actually. Uh, I look forward to watching more of his work. That was good. I, I I can't say I'm surprised when I when I saw that he had that match with Powerhouse Hobbs and remembered that he had that match. Uh, it was not shocked to, for him to be like, oh, yeah, no, he hits the hardest. Um, but I feel like Shane Taylor would have been a close second. Shane, Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor's chopped our, our pal Cassidy Haynes. And yes. When Cass had this bright idea to take chops from wrestlers, which 
every idea Cass has is a bad idea. I'll just throw that out there right now. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Cass could legitimately just say, hey, let's go to McDonald's for lunch. And it's just a bad idea. Whatever Cass is pitching, it's not a good idea. Um, so that's... So he he had the, the bright idea to take chops from wrestlers, and that ended about as well as you would think that would end. And Shane Taylor was one of them. Shane Taylor might have been the last one, because... I don't know how you're surviving after that. That's a tough. That's a tough thing to deal with. Getting chopped by Shane Taylor. Getting chopped by any wrestler. That can't be. That can't be a, a pleasant experience. Van Vliet did it with uh, Breeze and Spears. These people are. I don't have the chest for it. I, my chest would get caved in immediately. Yeah, you look like Kofi Kingston. You know that club foot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Yeah, they they'd knock me. They leave a hole in the ground, just knocking me down off of that. They'd hit me so hard, and I just fall backwards, like a cartoon, just disintegrate. Honestly, I mean, now I kind of want to see it. When you go to Wrestlecade next, can we? If can we- Brian Danielson wants to chop me, I'll do whatever that man asks me. There to it do. is. Let's do it. Let's let's make it happen. If you're watching, Brian Danielson, you got to chop Jeremy Lambert. If you're watching, can you please do this podcast with me so I don't have to do any more podcasts with Joel Pearl? Like that that's what we really need to get out of Brian Danielson. That's the only person I'm a lot of trying. I ain't taking the chop from these other people. They'll actually try to hurt me. Danielson, he'll probably try to hurt me too. But like you know, there's an honor in, in getting one, like the first and only chop. Like Danielson is going to do it. It it loses the value of, you know, if somebody Somebody else does it first. Like if, if random indie guy one just chops me and then Danielson does it, you only lose your chop virginity once, Joel Pearl. You know, if I when and if I lose it, it's I'm gonna make sure it's good. Gonna make sure it's the a professional chopper. Chopping. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Not losing it to an amateur chopper out here. <laughs> I feel like you're putting a lot, a lot into this uh, losing your chop genity here. I hit, it's a big moment. You don't just go. You don't just give it away willy nilly. This chest, it. this this chest is sacred. All right, you know, only only one person is chopping this chest. What about it's, the, it's like chop prom is when you're going to give it up, right? No, chop no, we're doing it raw as well. By the way, no protection, no shirt on, no protection. We're going raw, straight skin to skin slapping. Wow. That's how everybody wants to get it done. Yeah. Right? It's yeah, it's the best feeling, so I've been told. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't need the protection on there. I'm I'm not a coward. I will go, you know, I want the I want the scar. I want the bruise that I'll have to wear for nine months and create another human. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, you went bruise. too far with this. <laughs> <laughs> I want that bruise. You know, I don't want the protection to where I'm not going to get the bruise out of there. Is- go to the doctor because it burns because we didn't use protection. <laughs> it's red and itchy. The red and itchiness. That's the. They'll give you some cream to rub on it. <laughs> you have about a week. Yeah, Jeremy needs to be wined and dined to get a good chopping. Yeah. 
Oh, no. If it's Danielson, no. I'm, I'm going to try to wine and dine him to get this chopping. Anybody else? Yeah, you got to pay up to, to chop this chest and try to kill me. Well, Danielson's going to be at WrestleCade, so we're going to spend the next, like, however many months trying to make this happen. I'm going to mention it on every show. At some point, somebody's going to get annoyed enough to, to you know, toss this in, in his direction, and we'll see what we can do. Just the, it, your, your, your bottom thing, your whatever, where it says Brew Jeremy, just make it Chop Me Brian until it happens. <laughs> now, I change it every show. That's, that's the reoccurring theme on this show. That's the reoccurring bit is I have a new headline. For, for every single show. I changed it in the middle of this show because I was so I was brooding earlier. You feel a little um, less brooded now? You feel a little Pacifico came, got some energy. You know a good raw chopping just gets me going. Bring definitely brings up the energy. Gets me really gets me really worked up when I talk about uh go I I said going in raw. Um no, that's another know. show. That yes. they, they, they they do they do another that's a different show we talked about them too because they they suffered a loss in their community and i see a lot of people in the chat uh bring bringing up the enforcer it's good to see like yes. you know he, was loved. he really was like he good. when he popped on those shows or when he was just in their chat he was people love him He's, he was a great dude the interactions limited as they were that i had with him uh with enforcer was with steve bradley were we're always positive. He was always a really nice guy. And uh, again, we send our love to uh, Stephen Larson, to the fans, the friends, to obviously to, to Steve Bradley's family. Uh, it's, it, it sucks, man. It just sucks. But he was loved. And clearly our chat is showing that. That's awesome. It's good to see that like people are coming in here showing their, their love for, for the Enforcer and Stephen Larson as well. Because you know, they, we've never had them on this show. I have very limited interactions with them but it shows like what a big part of that community he was and what a big part of just the wrestling community in general he was so like it's that's great to see so yeah um it's a, it's unfortunate but it, it's good to see the the outpouring of love that has uh come out from from this passing so everyone go go support steven larson you should have been should have done that before all of this if you're not doing it uh or if you weren't doing it then please do it now because one they're great and and two you know, they going through going through a loss like that is not easy. So show them some love. Show them, show them some support. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you want to transition into Dynamite and talk about what we're looking forward to? Because this is a stacked card tonight. Joel, it's a tremendous lineup. It's quite possibly the best lineup AEW Dynamite has ever had. It's a pay-per-view quality lineup coming to Detroit. Don't worry about the NBA playoffs where you have Miami and New York or Los Angeles and Golden State. Do not worry about those two games. What you want to watch is AEW Dynamite tonight, live, 8 p.m. Eastern on TBS. It's going to be headlined by a tremendous, monumental, earth-shattering cage match between maybe the best rivalry in AEW history when John Moxley and Kenny Omega settle their differences one more time inside this steel cage. John Moxley and Kenny Omega have had a tremendous, tremendous feud that started with the first AEW pay-per-view at AEW Double or Nothing. When John Moxley shocked the world and appeared and attacked Kenny Omega. And since then, they've battled over the AEW world title. They've battled in an exploding barbed wire death match. They've battled on opposite sides now as the Blackpool Combat Club 
and the Elite. And now they're going to step inside the Steel Cage, John Moxley and Kenny Omega to settle the rivalry. But don't forget, Joel Pearl, Orange Cassidy. He's on a tremendous run right now. Quite possibly the best AEW title run of any AEW title in history. They leveled up AEW International Championship. Orange Cassidy is going to defend against Jericho Appreciation Society member and former ROH pure champion, Daniel Garcia. Can Orange Cassidy, who has wrestled a lot, he's faced tremendous competitors all over the world over these past few months. Can he keep the run going against Daniel Garcia? That's not the only title match on AEW Dynamite. Tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, TBS. Also defending the championship, the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews in a house rules match. This is an open challenge house rules match, Joel Pearl. We have the best friends, Tremperetta, Chucky e. T, one of the most decorated tag teams in all of wrestling, AEW Originals, the best friends. They're going to be teaming with Bandito, the Bandito best friend, the new best friend in a house rules open house match, which means there's no 20 or there's no 10 count. It's a 20 count on the ring floor. Relax DQs. They step through the door. They went through the open house door, not the forbidden door. That's a different door. They went through the open house door. AEW Trios Championships, a tremendous match. That's going to be a barn burner match right here. That's not all, Joel Pearl. Hand out. That's not all, Joel Pearl. We have a double jeopardy match. The ROH World Champion, Claudio Castagnoli. He's going to be taking on Ray Phoenix, one half of the ROH Tag Team Champions and a tremendous tag team with his brother, Pentagon of the Lucha Bros. If Claudio wins, he will earn a shot at the ROH tag team titles. If Phoenix wins, he will earn a shot at the ROH championship. It's a double jeopardy match, Joel Pearl. Not single jeopardy, not final jeopardy. This is double jeopardy right here. What is double jeopardy? Is that what you're going to ask, Joel Pearl? I just explained it to you. You don't need to ask that question. Also, Joel Pearl, no holds barred and a JAS. Taking on Julia Hart. These two were former great friends, now bitter enemies. What has changed between them? They're going to settle it in the ring in a no-holds-barred matchup. That's not all, everybody. When I tell you this is a big lineup, a tremendous lineup, one of the best lineups we've ever had on AEW Dynamite, I'm not lying to you because FTR, they have been challenged by Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. They will speak tonight on AEW Dynamite. Will they accept the challenge of Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal? Whose side is Mark Briscoe on? Plus, Chris Jericho is going to take action because he cannot be in the same building as Adam Cole after the unprovoked attack that we saw last week. What kind of action will Chris Jericho take? Also, Christian Cage, what does he have to say? We'll find out. He'll speak tonight. AEW Dynamite, TBS, 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for supporting AEW, all the great fans around the world. Justified This Is Awesome chant. 60,000 tickets to Wembley Stadium? No, that's a different show. I'm only oh, plugging okay. Dynamite. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about Dynamite. Okay. Live uh, on TBS right after Big Bang Theory. After you see Sheldon and that other person, Penny, make jokes and figure out Paragiathum Theorem. Watch AEW Dynamite on TBS. You think you think that's how they pronounce it? 
<laughs> I don't know. Pythagorean theorem, maybe. Is that? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's how it is. Uh, so let's 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 start from the top here. Um, when can we get Aubrey Edwards on the show to talk about literally nothing but AEW Unrestricted and the amount of like insanity that that show causes? We get Aubrey, eh, you know, we can talk about her about that in heels. Uh, I want to talk to Aubrey Edwards. Is what I'm getting at. She seems okay. she seems great. Number two, Double Jeopardy. So I, I admittedly hadn't watched all of Rampage yet. Um, thought Double Jeopardy was a two out of three falls match. Well, you're wrong. Apparently so. Could have could have sworn that's what we were doing, but apparently, I just explained it to you. I know you did. I know. Well, I was trying to make a point that it was felt like the other one. And then number three, uh, hey, a twenty count and relaxed EQ feels a little New Japanish to me. We think maybe uh, this is the start leading into House of Black defending the trios titles against maybe the never open weight six man tag champions, whoever the hell they are. Well, they got to get those belts. They got to get those belts off of Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii because that's a they, hell of a that's a hell of a match, Jeremy. Yeah, they. No offense to House of Black, they ain't taking Okada, Tanahashi, Ishii. Okay, Ishii but, can pin him. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Okada, Okada, Tanahashi doesn't feel like they're being used in a trios match against House of Black for Forbidden Door. Sorry, that just don't seem like the best use of Okada and Tanahashi for Forbidden Door. I mean, it really depends on how much they want to push House of Black as an entity. And I get it. Listen, I don't disagree with you. Also, do you think, not Okada, but do you think Tanahashi can do a singles match? Do you think he wants to? I mean... I think you can do a Tana and Okada tag team match. I think you can maybe do them against the Young Bucks. No, no. Do them against the Acclaim. Let's go. I mean, that would actually be great. Let's do it. If they see a claim, I'm all for that. Um, I think you can do a tag team match though, too, because it does seem like Tana's enjoying uh, tagging with Okada. I don't think their trios match against House of Black. I don't. I don't know about that. We'll see. I, that's just kind of the first thing I thought of. Not necessarily a never open weight six man tag match, but House of Black doing something with those with the open house concept. I feel like that's a little forbidden door. Like I feel like it's going to lead to something. Uh, in June at Forbidden Door. Assuming House of Black still has those trios titles, which, I mean, I don't see anyone else stepping up right now. Do you? No. I mean, that's why they're doing this open house thing. It's like, hey, Best Friends and Bandito, sure. They're they're a team now. Let's let's go with them. And just putting, putting together teams because it seems like there's... Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed won that Battle Royal thing. Like, they should probably get a title shot off of that presumably on rampage yeah we'll see we'll see who knows i mean moxley moxley and omega is the big thing here like moxley and omega is i'm i'm pumped for that match those are two of the top guys in AEW. that's like i said that's a rivalry that started at the first AEW pay-per-view um their last match was singles match was the infamous barbed wire match which was a very good match, but everyone knows the lasting impression of that match, and that's what everyone remembers. So I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna go out there and they're gonna like, make sure people remember this match and not that barbed wire match of like, okay, that was what everyone is our lasting memory of us two. 
now we got something to prove of like, nah, this is what you got to remember from this feud. So there's going to be blood. I mean, it's a John Moxley match. There's going to be blood. Uh, I think that's going to be a hellacious match. I'm really looking forward to that. What do you think Don's going to do? Don Callis. Probably He's got throw himself roll. off the top of the cage. Really? Okay, let's go. I don't know. I don't know if he can take that bump. Um, Will Washington has pitched it yet? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he can take that bump, but hey, I'm sure Don will get involved, maybe a little bit. But I think AEW likes to adhere to this. Hey, let's not do five million run-ins that is in a cage match because that's the point of the cage is keep everybody out. So you might get like brawling on the outside. Right. But I think in the ring, it's just going to be Moxley and Omega. I think it's going to be like a clean. They also like, they don't like doing like escape the cage. They like pinning somebody as well. So somebody's going to have to take a loss on this. Um, I'm very, I'm very interested in, in how they're going to book this and the match will be great. I think, I think Kenny should win because I think Blackpool wins the war. So I think Elite should win this battle. And again, what is the war? Does it start at double or nothing? Does it end at double or nothing? What's what? How do we, I hate to use the term level up, but how do we level up the feud after tonight with Kenny and John Moxley? And BCC and the Elite, you know, everyone yeah. included. It feels like it's blood and guts because that's just kind of what we've been almost taught to, to think that's how it ends. It does feel a little weird going cage match into like a double cage match. Like why would, why would you do that? Um, I understand there's more parties involved than you can do to, it gets a different type of match, but you're, you're still running back, back to back cage style matches here. Um, yeah. I, stadium stampede. Allegiant stadium stampede. Yes. And then, then the match ends at T-Mobile Arena because it's not too far. I mean that'd be that'd be funny. Um, I don't. I don't. They did Anarchy in the Arena. They. I know that con. That like that that worked. I thought that was good. Yep. I don't think you can do a Stadium Stampede because of it, it's just not that that time anymore. That was a time for that, and you know that time's kind of passed at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like it's going to be blood and guts. I, I don't know any other unless they got this new match concept that we're just not privy to which i don't put past them by the way to have some weird new concept that this is what they're going to create for this feud specifically a lot of creative minds in there probably pitching a lot of different stuff yeah i don't know if i want to see a uh, blood and guts match at the pay-per-view and i think we'd already have been tipped off by now because two rings would be required for that i don't know if it's going to be a pay-per-view like they right they it did would it- be on its own episode of dynamite yeah, they've done it on like dynamite and stuff in the past. Or, or hear me out, the debut episode of AW Collision. I mean, that's a show meant for one person, and now you're going to put these other people on that show. Not every week is it meant for that one person. Yeah, that debut episode, it's meant for that person. So you do it a few weeks later, whatever. Everyone's. Yeah. I don't know. That's a big that that draws a big number for collision. That's all I'm saying. But it again, does. the idea being that Punk and the Elites can flip flop shows. It's not a hard and fast rule that you, one's on one, one's on the other, and never on the opposites. They just yeah, flip flop. Blood and guts draws a big number for collision. You know what else draws a big number for collision? The return of that one person. One hundred percent. 
But also, but again, it doesn't have to be. I guess I did. I did just say the debut episode. You so did say it, debut. Could be, it could be the second week or third okay. or whatever it is. Either way, it would be a good uh, a, a good place for collision to land. Uh, yeah. Land. I'm not mad at that. I'm yeah. not mad at that. Help establish collision as a meaningful show and that it can be, hey, it won't be every week that this is just the elite show. This is just the punk show. It could, yeah. it could flip flop some weeks. Yeah. And I think to set that precedent early would be a good idea. And I see in the chat, Blood and Guts was after Forbidden Door last year. Well, I don't want it to be that way this year. I'll put it that way because it, yeah. everything kind of got lost in the shuffle and lost in the build. So I would like to see Blood and Guts separately promoted with enough time away from Forbidden Door. I think it's a, a question of just getting the uh, getting the booking upright and, and standing on its own. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think the blood and gut stuff kind of hindered Forbidden Door a little bit last year and vice versa. I think more, more of the opposite of Forbidden Door hindered blood and guts. Um, but and the was, injury, too. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that definitely didn't help either. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dynamite looks good tonight. This is uh, a, a statement for them to hopefully have a, a very strong episode. Last week's was, uh, you know, it was fine. It was okay, but uh, we'll see what they do this week. Uh, let's get out of here, Jeremy. It's been uh, it's been a very busy episode. It's been a very eventful episode. Thank you to Marty Garner for joining us for as long as he did, and for Vinny Pacifico as well. Uh, Jeremy, plug the stuff. Let's get on out of here. Uh, subscribe to Fightful Overbooked on this channel right now. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on podcasts, go to FightfulOverbooked.com and subscribe, please. We'd really appreciate it. we got a lot of great shows on the channel, a lot of great contributors. A tag Talk uh, with Haley and Kylie on Mondays. We have FMC, which is a non-wrestling show with myself and SP3 on Tuesdays. We have Indeed with Mike and Reg. It is, Mike is not uh, going to be on Indeed today. Uh, it's just Reg. He's got a cast of independent uh, wrestlers joining him as well on Indeed. Mike's actually going to Dynamite, so that's why he's not on Indeed oh, yeah. uh, tonight. Um, Fridays, we have Coexisting with Rob and Maggie, and Sundays, we have Joel and Kate at 8. So, everyone, we got a bunch of live shows. We got non-live shows as well with, like, New Japan Break Club with, with Matt and Kieran, and uh, all the interviews that you see on this show and on the Spotlight, they're also on this channel, so plenty of content here on Fight Club. There you go. And we drop it every day, sometimes twice in a day. Sometimes we talk about raw chops and sometimes we talk about prom. Well, but we're here in the weeds, Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday from 10 a.m. Eastern until noon, roughly sometimes over, depending how we're feeling and how we're doing today. Whatever. You know what? Today is a whatever. Go enjoy Dynamite. Go enjoy your days. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.